0: Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice weekly podcast celebrating the radio show turned podcast too beautiful to live in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. I'm Bobby Pape and joining me on this Sunday morning in Kyle, Texas, Mike Frizzell. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. And as always, saving the best for last from the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Anne Lundholm. Good morning, Anne. Good morning. Good morning. We're going to jump into some LRB business, followed by your week in review, housekeeping, and how to get involved. But first, uh, a reminder that, as always, this is the Monday recap edition of Little Red Bandwagon. We're going to talk about the last week of TBTL. But if you have not yet listened to our last show, which came out Friday and features the beloved Phyllis Fletcher, stop what you're doing and go back and listen. Mike, tell them why. Uh,
1: This might be the biggest... uh reward episode for super hardcore TBTL fans. Uh and the reason is there's a lot of public radio talk. Uh the clip is about um Andrew and and Luke. Uh it was after uh one of the uh one of the car guys died and they were talking about how um that show would never get on the air um on NPR or public radio these days. And uh, the context that Phyllis added, because this was this conversation happened a couple of years ago, um, she she timed it up with uh, when Luke was in Chicago and actually meeting with Steve Nelson, trying to get TBTL on public radio. Essentially, um, you know, try to get with APM. Um yeah. so that was an interesting angle and and also it told the the origin story of Phyllis meeting Luke and that was um when she he actually helped her do her first story for KUOW in Seattle so helped launch her public radio career and uh we just talk about uh, her relationship with Luke f- pretty much from beginning up until today and there's uh there's a lot of reward there for uh, hardcore TBTL listeners, hardcore public radio people, and I don't think you're here if you're not one or both of those.
0: Yeah, this will really super serve you. Uh, when I was posting this to the Stens page on Friday afternoon, I just wrote, if you're a fan of, what, Phyllis Fletcher or TBTL or NPR or Car Talk or This American Life Driveway Moments. mm mm-hmm. <laughs> It this this will tickle every sensory corner of your public radio nerd brain, uh, and it's Phyllis. It's Phyllis' origin stories and how she got into public radio. And you guys even aired that first story with music beds courtesy of Luke Burbank.
1: Yeah, it was fantastic. It was like um, it was like uh, crank anchors, but for uh, for the public radio crowd.
0: And <laughs> uh, Mike, as long as you're talking, uh, how about a stump date? Um, no
1: real updates on the stump. Haven't been. Um, to the doctor until, uh, this coming up Wednesday to take another look at it. But, uh, yesterday we had to get new tires on Emily's car. So we rolled into discount tire, which is, uh, I can't recommend them enough. Um, they're the Les Schwab, uh, if you can't get Les Schwab. So we roll into the lobby. Uh, I use the bathroom. I come out and, um, Emily sits down and I roll up next to her kind of at an angle, you know, because we're lovebirds. So I want to look at my my bride while we wait for our tires to get put on. And there's a a gentleman sitting uh, a couple seats away from her who has a young boy in his lap, probably three years old, I'm guessing. And he had two other kids who um, I saw. First, I saw the other kids. They looked at my stump, you know, <laughs> it's covered with an ace bandage, but, um, the, the, then I saw the little boy in the lap, they, they were listening to wheels on the bus and singing along with it. And the little boy stopped and I, just his eyes were super wide and he was looking at it. And I looked up at him and his father was a little bit mortified, you know, cause you can't control how your kid reacts to something crazy they've never seen before, like a missing limb and the kid's eyes are wide and i look up at the kid and and i i just start i smile and i, I it's gone i don't know it's just not here <laughs> and uh the kid was seemed seemed happy with that explanation uh or lack of explanation is just and the father was a little bit relieved that i wasn't pissed that his kid was you know astonished <laughs> That my leg was gone so uh that's that's the big stump date this week we, i had a lot of fun uh and then it was over and then the kid went back to singing and the dad was singing along with wheels on the bus thankfully just a couple more times before they they got their tires and got out of there <laughs> their discount tires yeah they got their discount tires
0: closed on sundays
1: yes they are yes i heard them talking about that on the phone while we waited an hour and a half for our tires
0: <laughs> don't go on a saturday folks yeah uh, uh, closed on Sunday just like Chick-fil-A because it's Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you yes. were not with us last week because you were off traveling the world. Tell us about your trip.
2: Well, I went to San Francisco just for a long weekend to see my brother, Matt. And of course, it was absolutely the worst weekend to go see him because he was busy, but we had tickets to see a concert. So that kind of dictated the weekend to be there. And um, I have been to San Francisco enough times that I feel like I've done all the touristy things. I've done the Golden Gate Bridge and Alcatraz twice and gone up to the Redwoods and everything. So this time I decided not to put any pressure on myself to get anything done and to just hang out in the city and walk around and see what I see. And the thing that really bothered me as I walked around on a Friday morning is that every coffee shop I went to was totally crowded with people. And I was thinking, <laughs> don't you people have jobs? Mm-hmm. Where are you supposed to be right now? It's Friday.
1: Yeah, when you take a vacation, when, you, when you're on a vacation, you expect, especially if you're not in like a touristy spot, you expect, like, I'm going to have this to myself on a weekday
2: right. I went to one of my very favorite San Francisco bakeries called Bee Patisserie. And if anybody goes to San Francisco, please go there. It's so good. And I had all these grand plans of having an Andrew Walsh style morning. Well, I got a table and I got my treats and I would read my book or look at my phone or whatever, and I went there and there was absolutely no question of getting a table. There were so many people Mm. in there and the line was so long. So I got my chocolate chip cookie and my Queen Amon, and I decided just to walk the streets in a non-hookery way. (laughs) But, uh... just head out and so I had my treats and I was listening to Bobby and Meredith talk to Michelle Sutton about house bunnies and it was a really great morning I had a, a fun time and the the best thing about this visit to San Francisco was my accommodations because um, my brother lives with his girlfriend her name is Meredith not to be confusing or anything but Meredith and her sister own a house and Meredith and Matt live on the ground floor Apartment and the sister was on the upstairs apartment, but she just had a baby. So they moved out a couple of months ago and they're going to convert the house to condos so they can sell the upper apartment. But until then, it's empty. And so I stayed in this beautiful two-story apartment in San Francisco for the whole weekend. I had the complete run of the place and it's hardwood floors and it's gorgeous fixtures and it's a big kitchen and it's views all the way down to the bay and really like modern furniture and art on the walls, like art, art, not my... (laughs) pre-framed prints from Ikea (laughs) on the walls.
1: (laughs) uh, And and you know, you know uh, about that Ikea stuff. um, When I got together with Emily, uh, we had the same one one of the same stupid prints from Ikea. It was like, (laughs) yeah, Uh, uh, like you only you had this beautiful place, but only for two days.
2: Yeah, because when I decided to go to San Francisco, I didn't know that this was a possibility. I thought I was going to have to stay in a hotel.
3: Expensive. or
2: Yeah, there's really – Matt and Meredith's place is so small. I couldn't really have stayed with them. So I just um, booked my flight for a couple of days and then it turned out that I had this opportunity and I thought, man, if only I could have – I could have spent a week or two here. Sure. Great.
0: Just
1: enjoyed it like it was your own, you know?
2: Mm
0: Mm-hmm. You could just move. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you've got a place where you could, buy, just by squatters, right, stay for at least a year. Yeah, but <laughs> right. eventually Deadbolt I'd have to pay it. for it.
2: <laughs> I don't think I could afford a, an apartment in San Francisco. Not this no. apartment, that's for sure.
1: You wouldn't have to pay, and then eventually the sheriff would come and they'd get you out of there, but you'd be good for a while.
2: <laughs> I'm sure my relationship with my brother would just totally be
0: improved by yes. this.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh,
0: well, we're glad to have you back. And uh, Meredith is actually in New York this weekend, Mm -hmm. uh, looking for little fences to get her feet stuck (laughs) up against. Yes. Uh, So uh, I just worked all week. Not a particularly fun story. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Why don't we get started with our week in review? Uh, And Anne, why don't you get us started with Monday? Sure. Episode
2: 2240, Halloween Spooktacular. Is it too early for a fish sandwich? Um, this was an interesting episode because it was part original and part repeat and part really, really petulant and sulky Andrew. And that mm-hmm. made it a little bit difficult for me to listen to sometimes yeah. because I love Andrew so much, but I just don't understand why he has to be so ungracious about Halloween. But we'll get to that. Mm hmm. So uh, Luke starts by saying that the original movie of When a Stranger Calls is still one of the scariest movies he's ever seen. I think that was because they used that in the intro. Was that right? I think they had a clip from that mm-hmm. in the intro. I haven't seen it, but I guess I understand that it's
1: you, very scary. You get the gist of it just from the clip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know.
3: Yeah.
2: And Andrew is still getting corrections from Tens about uh, the – 2000 slash (laughs) 2001 elections. So he's been informed many, 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 many times that he got his election year incorrect.
0: I can't remember if it was this episode or sometime last week, where he made the point that he'll always know where time badgers hit that episode, right? <laughs> <laughs> because he's gonna get an email three years from now from someone saying that was the year two thousand.
1: Yeah, and let's let's uh, ease up on the on the guy. You know, he may not have his origin story straight with you know his meet cute story completely straight, but he has been with the lady for a decade and a half at least. So mm-hmm. he's committed. Let's not qu- question him. Yeah.
2: Well, we tens we like our our facts to be factual. <laughs> sure sure we do uh luke has an album of uh what he calls ultimate halloween song covers this is such a typical luke thing where he thinks he's going to buy the album of sweet songs for like 4.99 right, or whatever right. and it turns out to be shitty covers and these are really shitty and he plays a couple of the rent a ghost song which they have no idea i actually know what this is it's a british a children's television show, Rent-A-Ghost, that I used to watch when what? I was seven and living in London. What's the premise um, of Rent-A-Ghost? Or, Is it trying to scare yeah. people out
1: of a house? Is it like real estate agents that want to <laughs> get a property or something?
2: Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember anything <laughs> about the the show, but boy, do I remember that theme song. And then they also play uh, Count Ducula, which will come back to haunt us, yeah, <laughs> literally and figuratively, for... Some time to come, and I would just like to say, no, it is not Andre the Giant that's <laughs> narrating the intro to Count Docula.
1: <laughs> it's, it's Andre the Giant after he's had some Pygmalion training.
2: I guess. I mean, I guess I see where they where they got that, but it's clearly not Andre the Giant. Come on, guys. Yes. No, so it's on, not. <laughs> on to Halloween. Wait a second.
0: <laughs> Mike, are you Andre the Giant?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I am not.
2: I'm not sure. It sounds so realistic. Yes, let's go on to Andrew's feelings about Halloween. Um On our Halloween clip show, Christy and I kind of started to get into this a little bit, but it was right at the end of the show and we had talked so much. And I didn't feel like we did a satisfactory job of unpacking his, <clears throat> excuse me, his very, very strange attitude toward Halloween. He said he feels like if he doesn't dress up, people will look at him. Like he's a weirdo. But if he does dress up, people will look at him like he's a weirdo. He states that he hates body paint and glitter, etc. He hates parties. He hates handing out candy. He hates absolutely everything that could possibly be associated with Halloween in any way. And I can understand if it's not a holiday for you. Yeah. Why is he so sulky about it?
1: Halloween is not about you. You know, it, it's as an adult, it's not about you, and it sometimes it's embarrassing that adults don't realize it, and they go overboard in thinking, you know, that they're going to be a big part of the show. And you know, sometimes they put on a good show for the neighbors and for the kids that come. That's fine, but to be the opposite of that, I mean, there there was a clip they played last weekend on um, on ESPN, uh, one of their um, football shows, where even Bill Belichick puts on a cost, a pirate costume and goes to a skating, Randy Moss's skating party, and he, he sits in his office and says, What's not to like? Candy, candy kids, costumes, Halloween's great. Bill fucking Belichick, people. So, Andrew, take a note from the most sour person in the world. Halloween's not about you. <laughs> just, just enjoy it for what it is and make the kids happy.
0: And nobody thinks you're weird if you don't dress up. No. I mean... Yeah, I... Just like Luke in life in general, Andrew has a very high opinion of, of what other people think of him when really other people just aren't thinking of him. Mm-hmm. Like the kids <laughs> coming to the door, don't give a crap right. what you're wearing as long as you're giving them candy.
1: Yeah, they don't care.
0: I did not wear a costume this year when I handed out candy. It did not deter any no, children.
1: They're not put off.
0: Uh, you missed one thing that uh, Andrew hates too, which is the smell of Halloween. Right. Parties.
2: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I wrote in my notes that that he's really being remarkably ungracious about all of this. And this is not old man Walsh. This is unpleasant man Walsh. And I'm just happy that he doesn't make too many appearances on the show because I do love my Andrew. And I want him to be happy. Uh, And they get into the uh, Count Ducula level donors. I'm really sad about this, guys. (laughs) I still like it better than Bartman, though. Um, Really? Yeah. Oh, that Bartman song—that's that's bad. Um, the top story today is the haunting of David Bowes, which is traditionally played every year.
3: At
2: <sighs> TVTL Halloween times. Anybody want to say anything about it before we go on?
1: I just want to say it's you know <clears throat> Halloween. You know, sometimes you get scared or whatever. Just just do some new content. Let's just get some fresh content.
0: Well, does anyone want to help me hire two junkies <laughs> to approach Dave Bowes in his car? <laughs> Just so that he has a new story? Yeah, we need a new a new story.
2: Well, but then we could say that if you don't want to listen to it, you can fast forward. That's what I did. That's Which is that, I did. that's true.
1: Like for us, you know, we all are taking notes. So it was good. It was the first time I've really scrubbed through something. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> so I guess the, the upshot is play the Dave Bowles story more often? <laughs> for
1: me, yeah. Right. And weeks when I'm doing the week in review, let's play it every day. So there's about <laughs> 35 minutes that I don't have to take
2: notes. Um, in emails today, uh, we have a, an email from Jamal, who, unlike me, likes the Do the Bartman song. He has a number of dazzling details that he shares. And he says that despite all the Simpsons lore, Michael Jackson did not write it, although he sang Backup? They think he sang Backup? Is that what it was? Yeah, apparently. Yeah. And they comment on what good copy Jamal writes. And then they segue into talking about Michael Jackson's trial, which Luke is fond of talking about every once in a while since he was there. And he actually has some firsthand knowledge. And he says that of all the perpetrators, I guess that's the word out there, we tend to have more sympathy for Michael Jackson because we understand a little bit about why he had problems and maybe why he behaved. Um, inappropriately and perhaps criminally towards children, and I guess that's true. I
1: um, yeah, terrible fathers. You yeah. know, <laughs> they they launch terrible people sometimes. Yeah, a lot of times.
2: Um, did you guys ever see the movie uh, Little Children with Kate Winslet and Patrick Wilson?
1: I've not seen it. I like Patrick Wilson though.
2: Um, it's a it's a great movie. Um, it was the comeback movie for Jackie Earl Haley. And I think oh. he was nominated for an Academy Award.
1: For oh it. yeah, he was a predator in that movie. Yeah, yeah, he
2: he played. It's it's not an easy movie. It's not one that you right. you kick your feet up and um, have a beer and just have a good right. night watching. But it's a great film, and it, there's a lot about um, how he feels about himself as as a predator and and how he sort of became the way he is. So I would recommend that movie. It's it's well done and you. Kate Winslet is naked for a fair amount of it. Yeah. There's weird sex stuff
0: in I that could movie. Deal with that.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know if that's a good sales pitch or not, but I liked it. I thought it was a good movie.
0: Mm-hmm. Mike is willing to watch it despite that. That's <laughs> what he said. Okay, good. <laughs> I,
1: I, I I I like some good naked Kate Winslet. There was some movie where she was in uh, in Nazi Germany where she was naked a lot. I, I I don't remember anything else about the movie, but a lot of naked Kate Winslet, which is not never a t- bad thing.
3: Mm-mm. <laughs>
2: Um, and that was really the show for the day, the regular show. They ended with a cover of Thriller that I wrote down was an abomination (laughs) from that, uh, that CD. Yeah. And then they go to the no point conversion and I listened to it and I thought of several things that I could say about it, but I was out and about and so I didn't write them down. So I will say that uh, last week Luke was busy justifying all the bad calls that went the Seahawks way. And this yeah. week he's mad at all the bad calls that didn't go the Seahawks way.
1: I, I was way. super proud of Andrew for calling him out um, for saying that the the calls were systematic. Um, mm-hmm. that there was some sort of meeting um, from the NFL and of the officiating crew that certain things were going to be called and certain things weren't i don't be- I don't ever believe any of that I believe that the referees are not always great <laughs> and they often make mistakes because the game is so fast um, so you know uh, facts of life take the good to take the bad you know? You mean you
2: you don't think the officials are out to get the Seahawks? I
1: I do not. I think sometimes they're <laughs> terrible and I think sometimes it costs the Seahawks dearly. And I think sometimes it, it uh for long periods of time it can um break against you more often than not. But I think it is more or less random. Um and I don't think there is any conspiracy in place. But I understand Luke feels the way he feels. And I understand a lot of Seahawks fans and a lot of sports fans in general sometimes feel that their team is being um, discriminated against. And the best example, uh, it drives me nuts, is when there's a call and uh, then there's you know a, a challenge is made and the call gets overturned correctly because it's obvious the ball hit the ground or something and the home crowd boos the correction (laughs) i'm like how you're everyone sees that the that this was bad and and it was a bad call and how can you boo it but they do and that's just i don't know this this is a this is a stadium full of people half of whom will vote for trump that's what the only thing that 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 makes me think oh okay these are the people that boo the correct call, the obvious correct call.
0: Uh, Mike, before you transition into Tuesday, mm-hmm. do you need to take a quick Mexican cheese break?
1: <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't eat on the air or just prior. I don't stuff my face with uh, with Mexican feta.
2: And who eats Cotilla plain? Seriously. <laughs>
1: Uh yeah yeah I mean if anyone's ever seen this cheese yeah, I'm sure you've seen this cheese uh it's just, it's a sprinkle cheese you know it's like how do you how do you even do it with a spoon do you just dig your fingers <laughs> in there what are you doing
0: you don't have any uh. cheddar yeah do you want to officially yeah oh sorry uh, Tuesday's Tuesday. 2341
1: <laughs> gateway rug Bobby uh you are the expert on the uh opening um, Andrew obviously did this opening because it's a Simpsons thing, uh, and it's steamed hams is a, what Principal Skinner tells uh, Superintendent Chalmers, or what they call hamburgers, I think, in Utica, uh, but they're called something well, different in Albany. Is this a real thing?
0: Uh, so, right. Uh, Skinner has Chalmers over for dinner. and
1: Who serves hamburgers had- when they have someone over for actual dinner? It's got to be a barbecue. Well, he, okay, here's the Come over like, and get a, come into the dining room. I'm going to just make some hamburgers.
0: Here's the context. He had originally said steamed clams uh-huh. and then didn't have food. And he destroyed his dinner. And uh, oh, excuse me, he destroyed his dinner. Smoke. Was Leave it to Bobby
1: the to know every plot point from this.
0: Chalmers asks what the smoke is. He says it's steam because he's making steamed clams, um. but he ruins the food. He runs to Krusty Burger. He gets burgers, brings them out. Chalmers says, I thought you said steamed clams. Skinner goes, no, oh. steamed hams. And uh, he says it's an upstate expression. To which Chalmers says, "I'm from Utica, which is about an hour uh, an hour west of Albany." He goes, "Oh no, it's more of an Albany thing." Um, no, steamed hams is obviously not uh, uh, a central New York thing, but chicken riggies is a Utica dish that is very good. Google it. Uh, Albany is a wasteland of nothingness. <laughs> Okay. Sorry, to any Albany. Hello, Albany any listeners,
1: <laughs> welcome aboard the little red bandwagon. Let's get you out of Albany. Um, yeah, we've already covered that. Luke ate a ton of that uh, of of, of crumble cheese <laughs> before opening his mic. Um, I, I I love I love that now we're just he's not actually eating on the mic, but we get to hear whatever he's stuffing his face.
0: Yeah,
3: uh, the with. after effects. <laughs>
1: right, right. <clears throat> um,
0: he's definitely not eating. On air, but he's going to push the technicality of that as hard as possible.
1: Yeah, and a very interesting choice, as Ann pointed out. Uh, Luke claims that uh, undeclared was his idea. He not realizing that undeclared was a TV series and not a movie. Uh, he meant the movie accepted with uh, Justin Long. And I sent him an email on that, and he he talked about that the next day. I can't believe nobody else put that up on the Stens page. It was an easy correction, but I guess we were all too busy posting Bill Murray uh, most of the week, or trying to post. Boy, Christy was really having a fun time swatting those away like the Kembe Mutambo all week. It was really fun. In the chat, she's like, I'm just whap, 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 get him off. Uh, we, If it continues, maybe we should do a TBTL is Bill Murray worshippers, so that he can have his bacon pirate zombie moment not t- a bad idea. Yeah. We're...
0: No, I'm sorry, Mike. It is too complicated for me to figure out what to post.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's too complicated. Just People couldn't find it, you know. Um, Andrew gets, uh, he, he decides, we get his Halloween night story. Genevieve sweetly asks him to hand out candy, to which he says no, and won't do it. Uh, um, so she bought the she bought candy. the candy, <laughs> and he wouldn't hand it out. She asked him to hand it out. She didn't just put it on the counter. He said that she asked him to do it. If Emily asked me to hand out candy, what do you think I'm going to do?
0: Going to hand out candy. Yes. Or you're going to throw the candy out and not tell us.
1: <laughs> right. right. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, well, Go. yeah, it was crazy. They all came really early and, and it was just all gone. So I just spent the rest of Lights the out, night smoking. drawn
0: by 8 o'clock. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> I went to the attic and smoked and played video games. Um, uh, he went to a, a, a place, it's it's a Northwest landmark, North Lake Pizza, and got himself uh, some pizza and beers. Uh, North Lake Pizza, I think it's a huge favorite of Phyllis. I know it's a huge favorite of my brother. He, his family will try to get it for him on his birthday stuff. He lives pretty far away and they, they try to get him his North Lake Pizza every year on his birthday. I'm not a fan because it's, it's not necessarily a deep dish. It's just like a lot of toppings. Mm. Um, that's the way my brother likes it anyway. And, and it just, sometimes it just feels like everything's not quite cooked in the middle, but, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. People are huge fans of it. I'm not, I'm not one of those people, but it is its own yeah, distinct I'd style. Rather,
0: I'd rather a pizza where I can eat many more slices. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like with a lesser distribution of all the toppings.
1: Right. Cause I eat one of those slices cause I, I don't eat a ton anymore. So you know, that's, you know, I feel like a wimp. I eat one slice of half-cooked pizza and I'm done. <laughs> so what this meant was that he was, after he did his Ron and Don and he got his pizza and beer on, so now it's probably seven thirty, eight, and he's in the middle of it. You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) he's trying to get through these narrow streets in Wallingford and they are super narrow streets. This is a pretty old neighborhood. It's pretty close into Seattle. So um, often there's only room when cars are on the street for one car to go down a street. And now it's full of kids. So he's gotten himself in a pickle where it's going to take him quite a while to navigate getting home without running over some kids. Imagine, you know, how much he hates Halloween now. Imagine if he killed a child. Oh, God. How much angst he would have over it. He'd really want to hole up next year. Luke had one trick-or-treat, one trick-or-treater, which I think we all feel was a stalker with a kid, (laughs) right?
2: Oh, you think? It wasn't just a coincidence?
1: Because what was the exchange, Luke? The person identified themselves, to their credit. I think they they said, you're Luke Burbank, right? And then they said they recognized his voice.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, from the radio. Right. There was some progression. I
1: don't know if I would recognize, I, you know, unless Rush Limbaugh, you know, came to the door, I would maybe recognize his voice, but Luke's not that distinctive to where you would just expect it to be recognized when someone comes to the door and says, oh, hey, who's who's little Wonder Woman here, you know? So that was pretty great, though. It's a pretty great way to meet.
0: <laughs> How do you think that went down with that kid?
1: <laughs> oh, the it, they got pulled off the the busy busy streets in yeah. Bellingham. To, We're
0: going to drive across town <laughs> to go up to One House.
1: <laughs> yeah, I never thought of that. That's fantastic. What the hell? <laughs> I hope they dump the whole all all the 100 grands in into into their basket cuz
0: oh hundreds God. of 100 grand oh, bars. I'll take them.
1: Million
2: I, I will f- I will fight Luke for those 100 grands. Those 100 grands of 100 grands.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's a pretty good candy bar. Um Uh-huh. I there was a um I did a story I think uh Bill asked me on I can't even remember whether it was Rewind or Weekend America and we were talking about how my, my journey to all the way to bank robbing, like what was my criminal history until then and it wasn't much. I mean I um uh, in college uh when we go to this place called Hoagie's Corner, which we'd go to all the time, Bill would wear his bathrobe and basketball shoes with no socks. Um, I would usually be partially dressed, but more appropriate. And we would uh, we'd order our sandwiches, and if if it was taking too long, a, a clock would just start going off in my head, and I would start taking items off the shelf. Like
2: oh my, if
1: it was five minutes, I'm docking them, you know, bag of chips because they're so busy at that point they they're not monitoring anything that's going on because it was a it was a sandwich shop and convenience store. And after about the seven or eight minute mark, I'm I'm taking a I'm taking some dessert or whatever candy bar or whatever. But the the origin my original shoplifting experience when I was a kid, my uh, I used to go with uh, my neighbor Todd, and we would steal candy bars from QFC and Kmart, and you really didn't have to steal from Kmart; they had eight for a dollar. So, uh. <laughs> but when we were at QFC, we'd steal them, and uh, I got caught. Uh, by I can't even remember if it was just a just a store employee or like a uh what do they call them
0: um red the
1: shrinkage cops. yeah yeah exactly one of them
0: oh uh yeah it's um, shrinkage control playing playing clothes person or whatever yeah.
1: but anyway um Todd and I got busted and uh they they called a cop down to scare us or whatever and my mom came and got me or whatever but uh it was a 100 grand bar and Reese's, oh. and you know, a, Bill pointed out that you know later I would steal actual <laughs> hundred gram plus. So uh, there's my hundred grand story. But yeah, a good candy bar.
2: Yeah, at least you had good taste in your candy bars.
1: Yeah, I love that. The so crispy and the caramel yeah. and the milk chocolate. But
2: Luke and Andrew are confused as to whether there is nougat <laughs> no. in a hundred grand bar. This isn't the first isn't time they
1: they've had candy bar problems on the show. Mm -mm. Yeah. Uh, Luke and Carrie watch a Beetlejuice. I haven't seen it lately. They said it, he said it doesn't hold up that well, but Michael Keaton is amazing. I remember Michael Keaton just being, I was a huge Mm -hmm. Michael Keaton fan back in the day. Um, Night Shift, I think was the first movie that he starred in. And I can watch that over and over and over and over. So if we're doing movie recommend, recommends uh, Night Shift, everyone. Um, Top story, mixed drinks, uh, somebody gets busted for spinning yarns about the origins of some cocktail that they completely made up. I have no problem with this, especially if it nope. embarrasses uh, hipsters. <laughs> <laughs> like if somebody just runs around telling these stories because they, they read it in some book and they think they're cool making this cocktail. No, just somebody looked at some ingredients, dumped them in a glass and got drunk and, mm-hmm. and fooled you. That's pretty great, I thought.
2: Yeah, I don't have a problem with inventing the cocktail. I sort of looked down on the cocktail book author who said that they suspected it might be fake but went with it
1: right. anyway. Right, you got to check. Yeah, you're right. If there's a villain here, it's not the person who made up the story. It's the person who just said, oh, yeah, throw it in there. I'm sure it's real.
2: I need some recipes for my book.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a real time saver mm-hmm. when someone does all, all the work making up a story. Um, I think one of the most interesting emails of the week – was about um uh, someone because we were ta- they were talking the previous week about Luke not being afraid to uh, wear a wig at some point um that someone w- was Marv Albert at uh for for Halloween and tried on you know a crazy Marv Albert wig Marv Albert's pretty famous for having a big black mop of a wig yeah that's so so obvious because it's just so thick and lustrous and he's just not of the age where this this kind of hair is possible. Uh, And the costume turned into their new look. They just decided, hey, uh, I like having hair. And they they transitioned to uh, an actual wig. So um, the discussion was whether or not people use Halloween costumes sometimes as a test drive. What do you guys think about that?
2: As a test drive to what? Be Ken Bone?
1: (laughs) To be be, yeah, slutty stewardess?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think I think it is uh, well, true occasionally maybe. I don't know. In some
0: There's that year I went as Jesus and haven't looked back. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. I think he may be speaking for himself or something. I don't know.
0: I mean, Halloween yeah. is about wish
2: fulfillment, right? Um whether it's women wanting to be slutty for a night, got to hate that or mm-hmm. you know, wishing that you had hair or I don't yeah. I don't know. I think most Halloween costumes are stupid. Actually, I think the pun Halloween costumes are dumb. I'm kind of classic.
0: Yeah,
1: I did. Um, I did like the I one at the I White might... House. the The kid that wore the duck costume, but then he put his arm in a sling, and he was the lame duck.
2: The lame duck. I, yeah,
1: I can deal with that pun.
0: Uh, I was actually thinking about going as Howard Cosell and test driving the gold blazer with <laughs> the ABC, ABC logo badge nice. on it. As long as we're uh, daydreaming through sportscasters. <laughs>
1: All right. Oh, uh, well, um, the last thing I had for Tuesday was uh, Andrew said, Luke, don't you have a dentist appointment in five minutes? And I was thinking there's no way the dentist is anywhere within five minutes of his house. And I get insanely jealous of people like Luke sometimes that don't worry about being late because I always worry about it. Uh, it, just, it. It used to kind of drive me nuts, this the Luke thing, but now I'm just like, damn, I wish I could be in his shoes and just not give a shit and just walk into the dentist 25 minutes late and just not care. It's on them to fit me in. Wednesday, twenty-two forty-two, 42 plebs to the cleave, which um, Andrew incorrectly spells plebs, which is a thing, but this um, isn't the first time or the last time that they'll make a mistake on the title, so I'm not going to sharpshoot him. Andrew is prepping for... The Cleveland trip, which I did not know was coming, and I was wondering if you all did, because I don't remember them talking about this.
2: I feel like he mentioned it maybe yeah. like a couple of months ago, almost sort of an offhand
3: way. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Well, I'm glad to hear that, because if it's a last-minute trip back home, that usually, usually means bad news, you know? So I uh, hope they have fun, um, and hope he, he relaxes, and let's go of his Halloween Anxiety. He <laughs> seemed to be in a, sort of a mood uh, until, until he left. But uh, Luke has come back from uh, Puerto Rico and uh, the Dominican Republic and has a mouse on his left eyebrow, which is b- much bigger than a, a zit. And it seems like kind of a problem. And Carrie now wants to know if he has Zika virus. Uh, and you have the most alarming note I've ever seen come from you.
2: Yeah, I have not had Zika virus, but I have had this thing that, that Luke is describing. Um, and it was just like a slightly bigger than normal zit, camouflaged by the eyebrow. And then after a couple of days, one morning, it just like blew up. All of a sudden, it started to swell to the point where I wore sunglasses in the office because it was a little disturbing and somebody accused me of going Hollywood so I took the glasses off and he went, whoa. And that was the point at which I decided I should probably um, run down to the the minute clinic on campus. And she took one look at it and said, interesting, which is never what you want to no, hear from a doctor. No. And she said, if I couldn't get in to see my clinic today, I should go to urgent care, which is what I ended up doing. And as I was sitting in the waiting room at the urgent care, I could actually feel it swelling. And by the time I left urgent care, it was starting to obscure my vision. Goodness. It was just like an infection or something that j- went crazy. And so I got some good, strong antibiotics and everything was fine. But now anytime I I get some sort of blemish or something up there, I'm always like, Oh my God, it's not this thing again, is it? Because it was really worrisome.
1: Wow. Well, um, yeah, I, I've had uh, some reactions like that with... Uh, my eyes, both eyes, but I think it was some sort of food allergy. Usually, I think I used to be allergic to strawberries, and I would I would get a reaction, and both my eyes would swell up. But I knew what was happening, and I knew it would go away. But this, you know, um, Carrie's concerned. I did sure. get some information on that. I don't know um, where she went for her information, but I got some information on it uh he can get tested but he needs to get tested within 3 weeks 2 to 3 weeks in order to to get any useful information but um unless he can prove that the swelling is somehow um oh, I don't know related to a disease insurance is not going to pay for this um uh, because it would not you know seem necessary it would you know I'm not saying it's like hysterical but we can't test everything everybody for everything all the time and expect insurance to pay for it but uh it, it will cost about $500 which will max out his uh available credit um <laughs> but it is possible that he he could have it and he sh- they he should wrap that rascal for the next 6 months mhm so
0: uh, well, he's got some prescription strength frozen blueberries <laughs> right. already on the case. Some
1: delicious, delicious <laughs> prescription strength blueberry. Uh, Andrew forgets about uh, Kelly Folker's Kelly McBride Folker's article. Embarrasses himself by forgetting it. Very, mm-hmm. very famous ten in the New York Times. Got a you know got an article published, but they correct themselves and. Um, I think that's it for the uh for the um, mouse. he doesn't mention it again the rest of the week, I don't think does he?
2: yeah it must have been okay,
1: yeah, so I'm sure yeah. it just went away so but um yeah, get tested, you know, pay the money and get tested if you're really concerned
3: mm-hmm.
1: um top story, oh uh top story, pets cost a lot of money um, yeah, <laughs> news flash <laughs> yeah uh, and you're 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 petless and probably mm-hmm. for the for the great financial benefit um. I'm a cheap person. I've never and I never had pets until I met Emily and yes, they do cost a lot of money. They they get cancer and they get <laughs> they get injured and we had to take um our dog Ginger to the she had uh, like four or five fresh new lumps in her abdomen and we had to take Uh-oh. her into the vet this week to see if she was having a recurrence of her her cancer. Uh it wasn't. They they aspirated all of them and they're all nothing. Uh lipoma. Uh, they're just fat. So you know, good news, but yeah, hundred and seventy dollars later. <laughs> that's uh, yeah. and that's that's when things are fine. That's that's when it went it went well. So, um, has cupcake ever cost you a lot of money, Bobby?
0: So far, we've been pretty lucky. Uh, I do notice that Samble often schedule uh, cupcakes vet checkup appointments. When she's not available to take yeah. the cupcake, <laughs> and I, I'm available during the day pretty flexibly, so I'll end up taking the cat to the vet. This has happened a few times now, yeah. and I'll I'll realize I'm sacrificing my time, and then I'll sort of forget until the end of the appointment when I'm putting out you know 150 bucks. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because when you're I'm in there, they start visited. upselling you on all these different. Uh, <laughs> hey, you know, you haven't had the the blah 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 vaccine. It was like, all right, yeah. Give it to her.
0: And of course, you just say yes, because these are all the things that you got. Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, you would look like an asshole if you're like, ah, she's never going to get that. (laughs) I'm not too worried about it.
0: And then an extra 10 bucks for a Bernie Sanders catnip filled toy. Oh, yeah.
1: They keep upselling you. Um, Yeah. Yeah. uh, Does Cupcake uh, not like to go to the vet? Does she put up a fuss when they're messing with her?
0: Well, like like all cats, she is thoroughly distrusting and hates getting into anything to Mm -hmm. carry her into the car. Um, But she actually handles it all right. Um, The vet moved offices. They used to be – we go to a place called City Kitty in Providence. Mm -hmm. It's just a cat's only vet, and they are great. Um, But they used to be in a part of town where the roads around the office buildings were so bad that it was just driving over. It was like worse than a dirt Mm -hmm. road. And so she would invariably puke.
1: Oh, oh, I thought you were going to tell me that she would know by the by the suspension that they were getting near the vet and start to freak out.
0: No, she's a very lazy, easygoing mm-hmm. cat. And also, here's a weird fun fact. She enjoys having her temperature taken. Oh.
3: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, every time we take her in, there's this mm-hmm. moment where she sort of just seems to purr and I, take it. I've
1: never had an animal object to it, but I've never had one that... I, that...
0: There seems to be what we assume, what what seems to be a pleasurable response. (laughs) Anyway, uh, and they they joke about it every time because it's very obvious. Um, But uh, the vet now has an office on nice, smooth roads. And so we've alleviated that part of the ride. But uh, yeah, she's Mm -hmm. fine and she doesn't socialize much. So it's not like a free for all when she gets there. We just don't open up the crate until we get into the the exam room. Mm -hmm. Well, Ginger freaks out. Uh, she does not want
1: to go. She trembles and her tail goes between her legs. And sometimes she pees herself. Um, one day we were up there and until, until I lost my leg, um, I, I was the one, like you said, Bobby, she would schedule the appointments and I would (laughs) have to take care of it. And she, she freaks out so much that, uh, one day she escaped. Like, she has a very loose collar because her shoulders are bigger than her head. She's kind of built built funny, kind of like a dog linebacker. And she just slipped back. She just backed up out of her collar, and she pushed the door open and, and left. She just got away from me. And the staff freaks out because this vet is on a very busy road. And one time they someone's cat got out, and they never got it back. It didn't get Aww. hit, or at least anybody saw, but they never got it back. So the staff starts freaking out and mobilizing. And I know Ginger really well. Um, Ginger is super attached to Emily. And when Emily's not around, it switches to me. She mentally tethered. But she just didn't want to be in that vet office. So Ginger pushed the door open and then just, it's all glass. Uh, all, all sides of this waiting room are glass. Um, and she just went outside and sat down.
3: <laughs>
1: it, like, like they were mobilizing. I said, don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. She's not going anywhere. She just doesn't want to be in here. So uh, so now we uh, we cinch her up a little better when we take her to the vet. Because she, she would never, ever try to slip or her collar unless it was dire. And when Emily took her this time, uh, she told me when she got home that um, when it was time to leave, Ginger opened the door for her. It's a pretty heavy door, too. <laughs> she just puts her little shoulder down and just goes for it. It's pretty fun to watch. Um they talk I liked the- Go ahead.
0: I liked that Luke spelled out F O O D because Rudy was in the room. I just <laughs> right. don't want to lose track of that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The the few words that our dogs know, yeah, we have to spell them out if we're not about to give them whatever it is that we're spelling out. Uh Andrew fears admitting to buying middle to bottom shelf cat food. And also uh certain certain listeners uh very much object to cats going outdoors and uh that they would be mad uh that he referred to outdoor nutrition because they were talking about how olive the cat <laughs> not very interested in food and andrew asked is is olive getting any outdoor nutrition <laughs> <laughs> which for for uh for our dog Abby includes any kind of uh, insects snakes uh, bugs that she can get she gets yeah. she gets outdoor nutrition but uh, yeah cats do even more hunting outside
0: well it's it's just uh unlimited soup salad and breadsticks for her out there
1: <laughs> yeah yeah uh since since we've moved to kyle there's a lot more stuff for abby to eat in our yard because of all the insects um andrew had a hamster named tiny tim who latched on to his mom um which sounded horrible i had hamsters when i was a kid and yeah they will bite you and and it really hurts. They have some really sharp, like, two front teeth that will just chomp right into you. And I remember the first time it happened to me, I got mad, and I still feel bad about this. I, I was probably seven or eight years old, and I squeezed that little hamster, and his eyes bulged out. I mean, I didn't kill him, but I was so mad. I felt betrayed. I'm like, I'll take care of this thing, and I'm just, you know, uh, I don't know. I, st- I still remember it, and I still feel bad about it, and I'm so glad I didn't kill it because then then i wouldn't have gone on to to rob banks i would have gone on to like kill people and do arson and things
2: yeah we had a psychotic hamster did you too and it and it was definitely i know that all hamsters will bite but this one when we got it it just cowered and shook in the corner of the cage Um. for a couple of weeks and then one day my mom was going to um, changed the food, and she put her hand in, and it leapt across <laughs> oh, the God. cage, Monty Python on top style. of her hand, yeah, and just sank its teeth into her. Jesus. And I think I was I was probably about fifteen, so my brother would have been five. And she said, "We can't have this hamster no. here. This is not a fit hamster for a five year old." So we took it back to the store, and I went with her. And we had the hamster. We still had the little cardboard box that they it's like shaped like a little house that they give you at the pet store Mm -hmm. when you take it home and um we had it in the box and it was in the way back of the volvo station wagon and all of a sudden we hear this noise and i we thought it was the brakes squeaking until we realized it was the hamster screaming jesus i know it was it was really weird and we took it back into the store and the guy was like oh yeah sometimes they do that
1: oh my god I've never heard yep. of that. I did. I didn't know that some some animals could make noises that they make. Like when the, the I told that horrible story about the baby bunnies that happened in the backyard, and that the mother bunny, we could hear her screaming, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it sounded like a human scream. It was crazy.
2: Oh yeah, I was at um at my at my no longer part time job back when I used to work there full time. We were at the boss's house for a planning meeting, and their daughter had a rabbit who was quite. Elderly, and as we were sitting around the kitchen table talking, that rabbit went into its death screams. Oh my god! <laughs> just from the other room, it just started shrieking, and it was so weird because the the couple, my bosses, just sort of freaked out, and he like went running upstairs, and she went running into the room, and she was going, "Oh Dave, oh Dave, what do we do, oh Dave?" Because their daughter was at college, and they were just hoping the rabbit would hold on mm-hmm. until she came back for break. And it was so strange.
1: Yeah, it's an awful, awful noise, especially given mm-hmm. the situation that was going on in our backyard with the babies and mm-hmm. the fire ants. And all. It was like, it was a nightmare. It took Emily quite a while to recover from that uh, incident. Um, Luke had the funniest line for me of the week when he said reptile owners are clearly looking to meet people. <laughs> <laughs> I think that goes for ferret owners as well.
2: Uh, I had somebody bring their ferret into my store at the mall once. That was a very strange experience as well. Did
1: you did you because, remove them or ask them to...
2: No, because they didn't even know what to do. Because it was a couple of stoners mm-hmm. who got high I'm and shocked. thought, let's take the ferret to the mall. Mm-hmm. And clearly the ferret did not want to be in her arms and was trying to escape. Yeah, And I was just trying to figure out what i would do when the ferret got away and then she asked me uh, for a job
0: application and i was like sure
3: yeah come on <laughs> here you go
0: and uh in the corner he just wrote in small letters ferret right before you give it <laughs> in case that one ever comes back
3: yeah
1: i i when i was in grad school i dated a, a girl who had a snake she had a python and uh, yeah, she'd love to walk around with that thing, just like wrapped around her. And I was like, all right, that's a little much for me. <laughs> nice girl, really. But it couldn't compensate for her. I didn't want to be in her house when that snake was. I just felt like it was going to kill me. Um, email about uh, the garbage day obsession um, leading to Luke singing along with a uh, god-awful Shonen Knife song. I don't know what he, he sees in that song. But uh, that was pretty painful. He nailed it. Sadly, mm-hmm. he na- he nailed the singing along with those those ladies. I've never been a Japanese pop fan either one either one of you. No, not at all.
0: No, <laughs> I've never been to to Japan, so I don't feel like I can be an authority. Yeah,
1: a, yeah. I think yeah. you have to you have to actually go to Asia at least once before you can lecture everyone on everything exactly. Asia. Uh,
2: but this this garbage person is crazy, right? Uh, this garbage is where her husband won't let her put anything uh, in the trash.
0: Yes, the yeah, night before crazy. The garbage gets picked up. I I can't get over the use of the term garbage person. <laughs> <laughs> right,
1: you're a gra- you're a garbage person. I mean, a crazy garbage person.
0: Gar- yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: I I can only. It's like when I have something large that I'm gonna throw away I, I always consider taking it to the curb rather than putting it in the trash i don't know even though i know we'll have plenty of room in our trash next week it just like sometimes i mean i can't do it anymore but i would just walk a larger item out but yeah just emptying every basket and then not letting anyone throw away even like a american cheese wrapper you got it Nope,
0: no no <laughs> The only way I think this can be justifiable is if there is a designated bag mm. in the kitchen. Yeah. Even if it's just an old grocery store bag or something, that that crazy garbage man <laughs> is going to be willing to run out to the curb sure. at seven AM as okay. the truck is yeah, blowing. It's on like, it's on
1: crazy garbage man at that garbage person right, at that point. Right. It's on you.
0: You have to you have to offer an alternative. The the answer is just to not yep. make garbage one night a week. Yeah. You have to allow a
2: garbage baseline.
0: There has to be. You can't Mm -hmm. just, you can't be garbage free. It just doesn't work very well. Right. Yeah. Sometimes you need a tissue and it's going to happen on garbage night. Mm.
1: Well, uh, speaking of tissues, uh, Luke and I think anybody that was listening needed a tissue. The next email, uh, listener Andy, whose sister Molly had gotten him into TBTL, died in a car accident and she was just 26 and I'm getting choked up too thinking about it. Yeah. Right now. It's it's so sad. But I'm glad I'm glad that
0: um that Luke got a chance to read it
1: on
3: the air.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it reminds you how big our community is that um you know bad things happen too sometimes and it's
1: Yeah. And and also um we think because we're on the Stens page, we do this podcast, we, we think we know everyone that's listening, but you know there there's so many people out there that listen to TVTale that we have no idea. We don't know their story. And then all of a sudden we hear something like this and we're like, "Oh my god, you know, this show is affecting a lot of people we don't we don't even know." It's amazing.
2: Not just us dorks. Yeah,
1: not just us freaks that do a podcast about a podcast and or listen to it. Uh Andrew yeah. is calling for an original uh Trump clip. I can't recall what and you're the one who dug it out, I think, and sent it in.
2: Oh um yeah it was uh, on the day that um Trump declared his campaign for the presidency Luke was telling a story of seeing him on an escalator once and how he
0: refused to use his name
1: when oh, they right. talked about him yeah they originally just didn't didn't use his name back in the day yes. well,
0: I, I think that's when we all thought this was only going to last A couple of weeks. Right.
2: I I sent I dug up that clip and sent it to them. And I also sent them the clip of Chris Hayes saying that he might be willing to trade a Cubs World Series victory for a Trump presidency.
1: Which means that we can blame Chris Hayes.
0: Exactly. We need to tweet that at Chris Hayes (laughs) and remind him. Yes. It's his fault.
1: Yes. Yes. Have that holstered uh, on your way on your way out to canada you're so much closer to canada and I'm, I'm jealous <laughs> right <laughs> um i think that's all i have for wednesday uh thursday you have that in
2: sure i can i make one last note for wednesday sure. that andrew was laughing over the pictures of the boxing mouse mm-hmm. that he found and he used it as a show picture it's a guinea pig
1: oh yeah it is it is say. i remember looking at it and going that's <laughs> not a mouse doesn't even look at all like a mouse <laughs>
2: No, nope. completely different animal.
1: But that's but that <laughs> it came up when he was image searching for boxing mouse. Right. So right. he can he can be half excused on this one. Better than the plebs, plebs.
2: If you say so. <laughs> All right, let's go to Thursday then. Twenty two forty three. Sports grudges are the best with Jen Andrews. I can always tell when Luke writes a title versus when Andrew writes a title because yeah. they have. Very distinct. Luke actually uses a lot of exclamation points in his titles, <laughs> what I've um, noticed from from working in the archives. Emily but, calls the uh, oh, exclamation
1: are... points excited marks, and I can now not look at an exclamation point without calling it an excited mark.
2: Well, it is an excited mark. Yeah. Uh, so we're joined by the one and only Jen Flash Andrews. It's so nice to have her back on the show. She just brings that unquantifiable Jen energy, and she – says that she celebrates Luke's appearances on CVS Sunday morning by refilling her champagne glass every time. I think that's a convenient excuse, frankly.
1: (laughs) I get the feeling that he would always refill her champagne glass, no matter who's on, who's doing the story. Mo Rocca, we're refilling the champagne glass.
2: Um, and they talk about uh, what a shame it is that she's not on the show more. And every time she comes on, they say it's a shame that she's not on the show more. And Luke uh, confesses t- is that that he thinks that men have more difficulty maintaining relationships. Well, I have a and that-
1: story about this, Anne. Um, yes. Yesterday, uh, as the uh, we called roadside assistance, we got a flat tire, and we called roadside assistance because I have a stump and. <coughs> It was raining, and I didn't want to change the tire in in my wheelchair, and I didn't even think it was possible anyway.
0: I'm going to interrupt here because you were telling us this yesterday, sort of as it was happening, and I made the point that I have two legs, and (laughs) I don't change my tire if I get a flat anymore because I'm not a poor, broke college student driving a shitty car. I'm an adult with AAA, and I would much rather sit in the car and wait for them to come out with like their industrial oh, airbag yeah, jack that five, does in thirty five, seconds, five
1: thousand and, pound jack. Yeah,
0: then fucking around with the terrible equipment. In oh the my trunk. god,
1: the 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 jacks they put in there
0: now—they're the scissor jack because they know nobody uses. They are
1: it. just they're they're the re- most rinky dink thing ever. Anyway, um, usually it's a time issue, you know, because we had to wait quite a while for roadside assistance to come. Mm-hmm. But um, so I'm sitting there, I'm feeling like a useless person because. I've changed so many tires since I came to Texas, probably more than I ever did in my adult life, uh, the rest of my life. But for some reason, the roads um, lend themselves to bad tires here. So I'm sitting here and I'm waiting for roadside assistance and I'm I'm using my stump to wave the guy down or whatever. And I get a call from uh, one of my best <laughs> college friends, Mike Smith, who we've seen. A, he's been a, in one of our show pictures before, uh, one of my fraternity buddies. He calls me. I haven't talked to Mike in years and he has just dropped his son off at some soccer field and he's there's like a four mile walk that he does and then he picks up his kid from the soccer and he just dials me up and to just chat while he's on the walk and uh, you know and it just happened to be just when the roadside guy was coming up and I would love to talk to Mike. I mean as soon as we start talking it's, it's as if we'd Never, you know, we'd never parted. Just great friend, great to talk to him, but, you know, bad timing or whatever. And I fully intended to, as soon as we got to Discount Tires, because she needed, she needed all her tires replaced, honestly. So I said, I said in my mind, I said, when I get the Discount Tire, I'm going to call Mike back because he'll still be on his walk and we can talk. And then it totally slipped my mind. And I'll probably never talk to Mike mm. again.
0: You could call him right after we're done. Here. I
1: could, but... You know, I'm always like, well, he's probably in the middle of something, you know, <coughs> or it doesn't even occur to me because I'm a guy. You know what I mean? And it only occurred to him because, you know, he saw the GoFundMe and whatever. And he was like, Jesus Christ, I need to catch up with Frizz. Mm-hmm. So that's my story of being shitty at relationships <laughs> with men.
2: I I don't think it's exclusively men because I'm not super great at it myself. Mm-hmm.
0: I want to I want to before we move on from this specific relationship of Luke and Jen. Uh, Luke mentions that someone asked him after the Livewire show Saturday in New York if there was bad blood between him and Jen, uh-huh. and that uh, there was sort of a rush to explain that that was not the case. Um, I was not in the beginning of that conversation, but I was there, and I jumped into that conversation after it started because uh, we saw Jen, I saw Jen uh, at Christie and Jeremy's reception,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and... Jen and I actually talked about this not specifically Bad Blood but like their relationship and, and Jen just wanting to, not Jen wanting to get on the show more but the world wanting Jen to be on the show more mm-hmm. and and I just wanted to say as an outsider Jen said basically the exact same thing Luke said which is that she loves us and TBTL and has just been uh, living in her world and uh, they just don't keep in touch enough just because that's the way the world works Mm-hmm. Uh, And she also didn't want anyone to think that there was bad Mm -hmm. blood. So when that conversation was happening, I sort of jumped in and mentioned to Luke that I had seen Jen. And I think he had had just enough to drink that he said to me, wait, did she say there was bad blood? (laughs) And I had to reassure him and everyone else that she did not think that. That's quite a leap to
2: make from the fact that she's not onto the show, that that might mean that there's something wrong in their relationship.
0: Well, somebody at that, in that small group posed that premise hmm. and I don't know who, so I can't put them on blast.
1: Well, I can tell you if I don't get back on TBTL within the next few weeks, I'm done with Luke. Fuck that guy.
0: Right.
2: Well, clearly. Well, yeah. <laughs> All right. Moving on to men's jewelry. This comes up <laughs> in the context of baseball. And, um, and I had noticed this myself when I was watching the world series about Rajay Davis and had, has that big ropey, looking necklace that was all the rage for a long time with baseball players. Oh, yeah. And Jen is not really a fan of jewelry on men. And um, Luke makes an interesting uh, point from something that Jay-Z said, that people who grew up poor oftentimes need a physical display mm-hmm. of their wealth. So that um, translates into big pieces of jewelry. I
1: think um, it was interesting to me because my dad, uh, he grew up fairly poor. I mean, it was, there were four brothers living in a tiny house in Montesano, Washington. And, they, you know, they didn't, they didn't have a lot of money and he, and my uncles as well as adults wore jewelry. And it always, I don't know, it, I've, I've always looked at it and gone, what, why are you wearing like, he has like bracelets and necklaces and stuff like that. And it's just, I think a lot of, it's not a turn on for a lot of women i'm i'm sure maybe for some it is but i think it does put off some women but i always found it curious that my dad wore all this stuff and i never was tempted
2: no it yeah kind of goes into two uh directions right stereotypically and one would be like your sort of mobbed up italian guy Mm -hmm. and the other would be your hip-hop lifestyle yeah
1: middle-of-the-road dudes like like me we ain't going to do it. I
0: can't do it. Uh-uh. I don't even wear a watch. And I I wear my wedding band most of the time. But I, I just, it's like I bang my hand into things. I'm always afraid, like, I'm going to scrape something. Mm-hmm. Or uh I don't wear uh, any bracelets.
1: Part of it uh, is I don't think I could pull it off, you know? yeah. Credit to the dude who wears all that stuff and still pulling chicks. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I put on all that shit. I think <laughs> I'd never... Nobody would ever touch it.
2: Well, what about like the the Life Alert bracelet?
1: No, sure. Well, that I wear out of medical necessity. (laughs) I have all kinds of tags and things going on.
2: Yeah. Um, Moving on into, uh, um, I guess, continuing in the sports theme, uh, Jen loves sports grudges. um, (laughs) This is great. That goes to the title of this episode. She still hates Katarina Bit from. I mean, how long ago is that now? That's got to be more than 30 years.
1: Yeah. Well, and why? Why would you hate (laughs) Katerina Vitt? I
2: don't know. I I had a friend who was making a similar point to this the other day, completely independent, in that she doesn't mind when people get crazy about sports because it means they're not getting crazy Mm. about war. Right. And so I guess this is the the same thing. If you're having a sports grudge, you're not having an, an actual meaningful right. grudge.
1: I don't get aggressive about anything except sports. So I, I think that that's probably true. Mm-hmm. It's my outlet.
2: I mean, I, yeah, I can guess who you have a sports grudge against. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We've talked about it at length. I'm just glad <laughs> yeah. that that Luke pointed out that um it it was it's on Howard Schultz for selling that team. Billy Brushcut. I mean, he's doing what Billy Brushcut does. He comes in, he sees an opportunity, and he takes the team. I wish someone would do that for Seattle. I wish they'd, you know, go into New Orleans or Sacramento or something and snatch up their team and bring them to Seattle. I, I'd be fine with that. So that guy wasn't the villain. It was Howie.
0: Yeah. Uh, and do you have a sports grudge? Or is it just a grudge against sports? Dennis in Erickson. No. no. Uh, Scott Erickson's wife. Scott Erickson? <laughs> no.
2: No. All right. No. I, actually, I don't mind. I don't mind sports. I don't. I mean, I'm not a huge sports fan except for baseball. But I don't. I don't care. I don't care enough about it to get upset about mm-hmm.
0: it. No twins-related, like yeah. um, deep-seated. No, no,
1: no. The twins never really had was... heartbreaking moments. At the times that they were really good, they they went ahead and won the thing. You know, they haven't mm-hmm. been like close and lost a lot.
0: The twins are also probably one of the most polite teams sure. in professional sports. They're the only team in any league I can think of that has a handshake as a part of its traditions. (laughs) I would
2: say that Twins fans were kind of collectively pissed off when Bud Selig tried to contract the team.
1: Yeah, I remember that.
2: In the, what was that, the early aughts? I don't think we've ever forgiven him for that. But in response to it, the Twins became really, really good for a couple
0: of years Mm -hmm. until they were forced to withdraw their contraction plans. Mm -hmm. Uh, Game six? 1999, Stanley Cup, triple overtime. Brett Hull scores an illegal goal, <laughs> wins for the Stars. Describe the, describe the, the illegality of, of from, this goal. Uh, uh, back then, it is not uh, against the rules now, actually. But back then, uh, it was against the rules to uh, score a goal if your foot, if mm-hmm. your skate was in the crease, the goalie's crease. You couldn't be that close to the net physically with your skates. I got gotcha. you. And... Uh, there's an overhead picture that very clearly shows Dominic Kashuk is splayed out after, uh, blocking a first shot and, uh, Brett Hull gets his own puck back and, uh, his left skate is in the crease. The puck is not in the crease and he shoots it in and it's a goal and it ends the game and it ends the series and he scores the game winning goal for the Dallas stars over at the Buffalo Sabres. And there's Um, no replay
1: do they do? Does NHL have replay now that would correct something like that? Do they replay every um, goal?
0: They they can evaluate. Okay. Goals.
1: Yeah. So it might have been uh, at today if that had been the rule, something like that could have been corrected.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's again, there's also been a rule change now. Right. You can be wherever the hell right. you want. Um, you know, a lot of stuff has changed in the NHL since 1999, actually. But um, that that it's called a, a no goal. I mean, it's called no goal uppercase Mm -hmm. NG, it's known as that now, Uh, and it's not one of these things where if the Sabres if that goal hadn't been scored, it wouldn't have guaranteed the Sabres win, but it's it's, you know, that ended the series that they could have won, so that's my grudge, is that Brett Hull is a cheater to the point where Mm -hmm. they make t-shirts in Buffalo that you can get that just say that, and they have the picture of Dom splayed out in front of the goal Mm -hmm. Uh, and then also, as a Bills fan, just fuck the Cowboys (laughs) Just in general? Fucking back to back Super Bowls Super Bowl champions over the Bills. Mm -hmm. Mm. So neither of those games were particularly pretty games for the Bills. I think
1: about those Buffalo teams every time I I pull away from our house and the street right behind us that we often turn on to go to the freeway is uh, BB Road. I think of that all the time.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, all right. Those are my spark grudges. Let's move
2: away from sports and to a top story that would never have happened if it was just Luke and Andrew. This is such a gen top story. <laughs> and that's Lindsay Lohan's accent appears to be changing. She's been spending some time in Turkey and Greece, and they have some tape of her speaking in a very affected manner. And they're trying to figure out why. And I'm thinking it's just because she's trying to sound smart is all that it is. She's a bright person, but com- Completely uneducated, mm. and she's trying to to sound like she understands what's going on. But Jen loves people who adopt accents and try to uh, reinvent themselves. Yeah, which is totally a Jen. I don't
1: thing. think it's uniquely American. It can't be, but it is so embarrassing when Americans, famous Americans, do this. Like, <laughs> oh, please don't, don't do that. Yeah, That's and, their language. Like, t- you know, don't be like
2: yeah, that.
0: You're you. Just they be talk- you.
2: They talked about this thing that she's doing, the world is bigger than five. What's the five? this catchphrase. Okay, I looked it up. They have a website. Five refers to the countries uh, in the United Nations that are permanent members of the Security Council. So United States, Great Britain, Russia, uh, China, and France. And apparently they get um, an override veto. Oh. An automatic override veto in the UN. So everybody else is voting and their vote counts. But if one of these five countries says no, mm. then it's killed. Okay. And the world is bigger than five is um, this thing that uh, the Turkish president, uh, Erdogan, er- Erdogan uh, is is trying to get going to change that. Because he says that we can never have true democracy while these five countries have uh, unlimited Veto power. Mm-hmm. And they've got it kind of hooked into the Turkish youth something or other, but it's clearly coming from the government. I don't know. I went to their website. I looked at it. I think they sort of have a point, but I haven't read enough about it to understand what it means. But clearly she's being paid
3: mm-hmm.
2: to um, try and spread this. I don't know why they think Lindsey Lowen is the person who could best get their message out. But maybe that's just the person who was available and willing to do it.
1: I, they often, I mean, these kind of things, they latch on to people who are no longer making any money in Hollywood, but are right. still famous.
2: Right. Well, they talk about that a little bit. Um, like Steven Seagal is apparently a big deal in Russia now. Cause, I don't know. His movies are just getting there. And he's, he's not looking so great, but he's still um, dyeing his hair. Jet black or whatever, and so he's a a guest of the Russian government or whatever, and and it's these people that for whatever reason have fallen from grace. I mean, Lindsay Lohan can never get a real job, right? She can she can go back to college, but she's never going to work in an office or and she can't get an acting job.
0: What's she supposed to do? Well, peddle her wares to the country with the biggest payroll budget.
2: Exactly. <laughs> Apparently, talking like a weirdo.
0: Yeah. Or just live a quiet life on royalties.
2: Oh, wouldn't that be nice? (laughs) I I suspect she still um, has too much of a drug habit to be able to live on
0: royalties. Oh, That's a good point if you're actively financing habits.
2: Um, So we can't uh, have a Jen Andrews visit without Granny Time. And she's got a few things on her mind. Uh, She says that she's no longer willing to watch, quote unquote, rape and murder on TV, although Game of Thrones is grandfathered in which is funny because it's about the most mm-hmm. rapey and murdery show you could possibly have.
1: Before you even say grandfathered in, the grandfather's been raped and murdered. <laughs> right.
2: And there's, she says there's just some things that we don't need to watch on TV because it really affects our culture negatively. And I remember when I was 17, Schindler's List came out, and my dad and I made a plan to see it together. But then for some reason, I was gone and he watched it by himself and then when i came home he refused to let me watch it yeah i said there's just no reason for that and i'm like but dad it's the holocaust but
1: if you already feel this bad not though
2: like a gratuitous if
1: you already feel bad about the holocaust then it's okay you can skip it <laughs> if you don't you know if you find someone who's like eh holocaust schmalocaust then make them watch it
3: okay
0: uh here's a fun fact from some friends of mine uh Mainly just my friend Josh, an old joke that we have with one another that is just absolutely the worst thing because of Schindler's List is we'll walk up to one another if we're sort of like sneaking up behind one another. And we'll just reach out with two fingers and tap the other person and just go, I pardon you. (laughs) It's so fucking creepy. (laughs) It's just that weird scene with Ray Fiennes in the mirror. Or did you never end up seeing Schindler's List? I did see it. I, we watched it in my dorm once, and we
2: were also sad afterwards at 2 in the morning that we had to watch a comedy afterwards. Although I couldn't tell you what the comedy was.
1: I went to it, but I was making out with my girlfriend the whole time.
2: Oh, yeah. Classic make out movie. Yeah. I think I saw that episode of Simon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Newman told on uh, me.
2: Continuing on. Yeah. Continuing <laughs> on in granny time. Uh, Jen has discovered that Twitter, Twitter has a weird echo chamber effect. Because um, you end up just um, following the people right. that are like you and you're not exposed to other people, which is social media in general. And her solution to this is that she should start following John Cryer.
1: <laughs> because she doesn't want to go all the way sheen or or follow I, the, the chubby adult that used to be the chubby little kid on two and a half I, years?
2: I don't know. She's She thinks that she should follow somebody who uses hashtag blessed unironically. But I'm telling you, that's not John Cryer.
1: No, no. I, nope. I got no. I have no problem with living in a bubble because every time I step outside that bubble, uh, I get pissed off. So the, <laughs> yeah. my bubble, I'm good in my bubble. <laughs> Thanks.
2: They come up with a few names of people that she maybe should consider following, like Tyler Perry, Selena Gomez, mm. Chewbacca mom. That, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, probably. And <laughs> Joanna Gaines. <laughs> um, I want to say during this point. Um, we get the mention of Boo Bear. I didn't know that Jen had a new dog.
1: I knew it somehow, but I don't know anything about the dog. Uh-uh. So, I'm, yeah, I don't think she knew because the Boo Bear is probably such a big part of her life. She just assumes that, you know, she's talked about it before. But, no, I don't. we don't know Boo Bear. We'd love to see a picture.
2: Yeah. I'm glad. Jen has a lot of love to give, and she was really sad about mm-hmm. Mr. Knightley. That yeah. made me happy. And her final granny time is the Starbucks Pup Cup, speaking of Boo Bear, is that she's upset that the Pup Cup is a secret menu item and that sometimes she goes to a Starbucks and they don't know what it is. And she wants it to be an actual menu item and for uh, Starbucks to be consistent with its presentation. Well, the
1: dogs, uh, it only takes one time, them getting something in a drive-thru, for them to expect it every time from every drive-thru. You know, one biscuit <laughs> comes out of a drive-thru, and now I have a dog climbing over my lap at every drive-thru that we go to. So uh, I think all drive-thru businesses should at least have little biscuits um, for the dogs. Pup Cup, that seems a little I just, excessive. Uh, I don't know.
2: All right. I've seen elsewhere it seems to be called a puppuccino. Hmm. I saw a couple of articles start popping up about mm-hmm. it. So now I'm hmm. confused about what we even call it. <laughs> And uh, there's a little aside about Jen's sister has a mini dachshund who's over 20 pounds. Is this big, Mike?
1: That's big for a mini. We have uh, a regular size dachshund. She might have some other mix in there, but um, a standard dachshund or whatever, and she's huge. And they are food-obsessed, and it's so easy for them to get overweight because that's all they think about, care about all day and it's it's sad our dog is not as obese as it sounds like this dog is but we've definitely been making an effort lately to try to um cut her down because you know their their spines are at risk because they're so weirdly shaped and their their feet you know they're they're i mean our she our dog has a little limp now because she's getting arthritis from being so overweight and it's it's sad and you just you can't let them win because they all they want is to eat all day
2: and they're so cute. Yeah, they are. They're so hard to deny. And Jen says that the reason that this mini dachshund is morbidly obese is because her mom insists on feeding the dog people meals. No. Like actual. Right. Plated. Cooking. Yep.
1: No, you can't do that.
2: Uh, today in emails, there's an OPP. Uh, the writer works with somebody who has limited use of one of their hands, which she says makes some tasks kind of difficult to do. And she wants to know how she can approach him with questions on improving his ergonomic situations. How can she do it without um, making him uncomfortable? Well, I, I, And Jen says that you can create the opportunity, but you have to let the other person bring it up.
1: I, I can't i can't speak to this particular person or situation, but I know as someone who now spends good parts of every day trying to figure out how to do simple tasks um if you got an idea, come at me bro i would love to hear it you know like uh so one of our um one of uh our listeners, who is a um below the knee amputee uh- sent me a personal message. Um, once the GoFundMe went up, and we were talking about how people are they when when they see something like this, they want to um say they want to give you an inspiring story they say, "Oh, I saw a story where somebody they ran a marathon or they they went to the mm-hmm. Paralympics and won a basketball championship or whatever, and she was saying have a kind of have a pat answer for them and my my pat answer is well, I wasn't training to do a marathon or a triathlon before I lost my lower leg. So, that's not going to happen now, but I would like to be able to get the dog food out of the fucking garage, you know? That's my goal. Um, so if y'all have any ideas how I can do anything better, I'm I'm open to it, but I can't speak to this particular person.
0: I don't think either of us has anything to add to that, do we? <laughs> yeah. Mm-mm. yeah. So with that, I will pick it up for Friday, 2244, Flap Beer and Fixer Uppers. Uh, someone tweeted a quote that uh, something Jen said on Thursday, and she was so flattered by it uh, that it was the start of the show. And I believe we, Little Red Bandwagon, tweeted her quote about being flattered by of that Of course quote. we
1: did, because that's <laughs> the next step to crazy
0: so clearly the universe is thrilled that jen is back on the mm-hmm. show uh and we start with this story a cubs fan uh has been holding on to a can of coors for 32 years interesting choice <laughs> well <laughs> i'm sure you know at the time uh it was an excellent uh, it's choice. banquet beer uh, yeah exactly uh and i it, uh, i think at one point one of them may have said coors light or maybe i just wrote it down in my notes wrong, but. To be very clear, this is Coors. Yeah, the, oh. the gold can. Yeah, okay. not the silver bullet. Uh, right. I'm not sure if the silver bullet even existed 32 years ago. Yeah, I don't ago. think it did. Yeah, it's a very important
2: distinction, though. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's a very different uh, demo drinking Coors versus Coors Light. There's a lot more um, unironic mustaches <laughs> involved. Um, so he pulls the tab off the spear, and and Luke makes a big deal out of it being the kind where you pull the tab off pre-pop top can. Uh, they pour it into, I think it looked like a Cubs cup, uh, and they're gonna drink it to celebrate. Except they're not gonna drink it to celebrate because uh, they all sort of the, the old man wimps out from sipping it. So they just pose as if he did for the pictures. Um, I does think anyone he sounds
2: feel very sensible by to this. not
0: drink the thirty-two year old beer?
2: I, I think you could
1: just let it put it up to your lips and see how. I don't know, smell it? or I don't know, see how offensive it would be? I don't know. I think I would want to at least honor my promise by getting my lips wet with it or something. Because it seems dishonest. I mean, this is,
0: this is a Chicago victory, and a 32-year-old course is still going to be better than Malort.
1: Yeah, 10 <laughs> times better, from what I hear.
0: Uh, I don't care if he drank it or not. But it was a cute story, and uh, it worked. It got press. Yep. Um, uh, Luke and Jen have a friend with, quote, keg stand pants. Hmm. Uh, I don't
2: understand why you need particular pants. I mean, what kind of features and benefits do these pants have that normal pants don't have?
0: I I can see certain parameters, like like not wearing a dress or a skirt.
1: Right, or or any kind of short shorts where the prives are going to be on display.
0: (laughs) Right. Uh, But the real offensive part here is that this friend was at a party with a keg. Didn't do a keg stand all night, and then finally asked for help, faking a picture of doing a keg stand in the keg stand pants. Mm. Yeah, that's a problem. Because the problem is, five years from now, nobody's going to see that picture and remember it was staged.
1: And who are you bragging to about being able to do a keg stand?
0: <laughs> and having the, yes, pants the pants to do it. Sure. Are you, do you want to be uh, keg
1: stand pants guy or girl? Do you really want to be that person?
0: <laughs> hey, keg stand pants. A keggy. <laughs> Uh, Jen laments uh, that her bottle of emergency champagne is getting old, but on the flip side, that may be good because that means she's not having any emergencies.
1: We have a bottle of champagne in our fridge, which our our real estate agent gave us when we signed and bought this house. We, we bought it outright. Um, so, you know, I guess it's worthy of celebration, but Emily wasn't particularly thrilled because we were buying a house in Kyle, Texas, but, uh, (laughs) We're not much champagne drinkers, so it still is in our fridge. I don't think Emily it knows it exists, but I do because when I open the fridge it's on at the back of the middle shelf and it's right at my eye level. So I'm very conscious of it <laughs> and Emily's probably forgotten about it.
2: Okay, and when we say emergency champagne, that's an emergency celebration, right? It's not like something goes wrong. Yeah. Well, You're like, oh shit, I gotta do it. Right. I Although I think it,
0: it could work both ways. It is for um Emergency good news. Uh, it, it's it's there so that when you get good news, you always have it at the ready.
1: See, if someone brings well, one of those big, is- b- big uh, uh, core foam, um, checks to your door. Right. <laughs> then you got oh, hang on. I got to get the emergency.
0: Uh, that was one of those pictures of a great Halloween costume that was making the rounds this year. It was just a guy in a suit with some balloons in the check and a woman in a night- in a house coat and colors. Right. That's beautiful. It was a solid yeah. costume. Uh, we have a bottle of Prosecco that I picked up a couple of weeks ago, left over from a party for work. And um, we try not to let those things sit too long. We did have a really, really nice bottle of champagne someone gifted us, like way more expensive than we would ever buy. Um, and that lived in the fridge for a long time because we kept feeling like it was never the right occasion. Whereas the cheap bottle of Prosecco, I think the right occasion is anytime we have orange juice. <laughs> right.
1: I like what like um, you think, brother.
0: Y- yeah. And
2: that's the problem with this emergency champagne is that it's getting old. I mean, what's the point of having an emergency champagne if there's never an occasion where you feel like it's worthy of bringing it out?
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that's why it should just be cheap bish, you know, nice enough to just have Sunday afternoon uh, uh, mixed with something. <laughs> not so nice that you want to save it, not so cheap that you don't want to drink it. Because uh, like Jen said, don't stockpile things you don't like because mm-hmm. you're going to like them even less when they're your only option.
1: I, I look at my, our uh, emergency bottle of champagne is like um, because it is where it is and because I see it and the reason that I see it is if I ever get too depressed about having my leg chopped off, I have access, ready access to some booze that Emily knows nothing about.
0: <laughs> uh Jen tells the story of uh, a family tradition of of her, is it her sister who gets Cadbury eggs at Easter, saves them all the way until Christmas, and then puts them in the Christmas stockings, mm. double frozen. I'm into it. I'm into it. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Although uh, I think it's being corrupted a little bit by the fact that uh, much like uh, uh, Reese's peanut butter cups in different shapes. Right. Uh, Cadbury eggs are being blatantly rebranded. Yeah. I was at CVS yesterday and I saw half-price Cadbury Scream. Eggs. Yeah, it's inevitable. Oh, no, you can't do that
2: because <laughs> they're green on the inside.
0: Are they? Oh, yeah. I haven't. Uh, my confession is that I don't like the Cadbury cream eggs a lot. I prefer the Cadbury caramel mm-hmm, eggs. Me too. Uh, which uh, you could just rebrand as uh, "Here's a bomb of sugar with some chocolate around it." And that would make it year-round, and I would eat it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're into it uh, next Easter. Should we expect that you'll be holding on to some, Anne? Uh, holding on to some? That's the only part that I have a problem yeah.
3: with,
2: <laughs> is keeping them for any length of time. You put those in the freezer? Oh, my God, they're good.
0: So I think you have to hide them. Just put oh, them myself? in a bag of put them in a bag of Trader Joe's frozen blueberries and then forget <laughs> about them. Ed. Set an alarm on your Google Calendar for December 23rd that just says, Cadbury eggs. Okay. I'll let you know how it goes. Please do. Top Story Friday. Um, It's just a whirlwind of HGTV recap. Uh, First, they talk about the TV show Fixer Upper with Chip and Joanna Gaines. And the whole reason I was assigned this episode to recap is because I am the only person on today's show who has been to the silos, uh, the Magnolia... Wonderland in Waco, Yeah, Bobby, when you
1: were here, um, you hadn't gone there yet, and you showed me what it was, and I was like, how does this exist so close? Because Waco's just like an hour north of Austin. How does this exist close to me? And I never knew about it. It's like a wonderland of HGTV business.
0: Yeah, it's just one of these things where it attracts its audience so impressively. Mm -hmm. I mean, these guys are building a little empire and they're taking over the city of Waco. So as they talked about on the show, they're renovating so many of these houses in and around Waco that they are making a visible on the pie chart of Waco impact. Well,
1: thank God somebody who's not crazy is finally trying to take over Waco instead of bikers and Branch Davidians.
0: <laughs> well, I think it might just be a different kind of crazy because as Luke brought up and and this article that was circulating because of Stubot is not even the first one where they talk about... They're a very religious mm-hmm. family, and Luke's totally right. If you've watched an episode of this show and you know what to look for, the vibe is right there from the mm-hmm. start. They're just a little too wholesome, and it's um, it's right there. And then the kid's front and center. Uh, doesn't surprise me at all. Um, but what they did is they just bought this old, uh, these old silos and then built more and more into it. And so now there's a whole store that's essentially a Joanna Gaines Pier 1. Right. Where you can buy these decorator items and then they've got a whole, you know, gift shop of stuff branded with their their brand and their logo and their sayings. Um, I stopped because Sam really likes the show and I enjoy it if it's on. I don't go out of my way to put it on, but I'll watch it with her. And I just wanted to you know, I wasn't gonna drive through Waco and not stop. Uh and if you've seen they have billboards on I thirty five between Austin and Kyle.
1: I uh, guess I guess I may have seen them, but just not it doesn't register because I don't understand. I've never seen more than a few minutes of HGTV. So it it might as well be like an ad for a vape shop. I'm like, I don't get it. I don't, I don't yeah. know what this is.
2: Well, and It's, so, it's got to be new.
0: I mean, relatively new, right?
2: Yeah, I think it's been a couple, been couple mm-hmm. of years that now. Long. Yeah.
0: Um, and part of their thing is that it's very family oriented. So they've got a big stretch of AstroTurf with like ball games and toys out mm-hmm. so that families can play together and then food trucks and a place to sit and eat. And it's very wholesome. The whole experience is very wholesome. And when you buy something, because I bought Sam a tank top and I bought a little carpenter's pencil with their name on it because it was the cheapest thing I could get (laughs) to prove I was there. (laughs) I Um, love you, Bobby. (laughs) I've never loved you more than right now. (laughs) Uh, It came with a little thank you card from them, like a little postcard that basically said thank you, and God bless from our oh, family. Like go. that was the one little religious
1: right, thing. Like the little, uh, uh, Bible verse on the, on the, uh, in and out burger wrapper.
0: Right. Exactly. Cause otherwise you just wouldn't really mm-hmm. know unless you're looking for it. Um, but yeah, they were saying 35,000 people a week or something and it's growing. They're building more stuff. It's, it's going to turn into a small little HGTV Disney cool. world. There's yeah.
2: going to be a bubble though, right? It's going to collapse eventually.
0: Um, not, I, I think, it'll be a, a, a scandal. Like they yeah. said, they're going to oh, find out that, sure. That, that Chip Gaines has another wife and family somewhere mm-hmm. or something, and then it's going to be all over. Um, but maybe it'll be Kuralt style and we won't find out until he's right. dead. <laughs> uh, we get some other quirks, but before we talk about other HGTV shows, just a nice little aside that uh, Jen recalls a time she put crocodile rock as the music bed for a story for the story of Steve Irwin's death. It's amazing.
1: I wish I had heard that.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> uh, this was because of the half assed production values of um, the theme song for Fixer Upper, just being like a lazy producer's choice. Mm-hmm. Found a song with the word right home in it and just did it. Right.
1: Oh, what's the first thing on my iTunes? Okay, there you go. Slap that in there.
0: Uh, the guys, uh, the guy, so that's out of habit. Uh, <laughs> Luke <and> Jen. <laughs> talk about flip or flop a show that i don't really watch but i was impressed that they had carrie come in and get on mic to do an impression of one of the people
1: so uh and you don't watch these shows either
2: no i've seen a few minutes you know when i'm in a hotel or something but that's it so bobby had you
1: heard this guy say this particular line in the f- i can't yeah.
0: remember it to the point where i'd know if it was accurate or not but i'd rather just live in a world where it is yeah i love it <laughs> Uh, Luke complains that he never knows how these flipper flop shows end because they always do like a post sequence of how much money the house is sold for or not. But his DVR cuts out twenty five oh seconds before the God. end of every show. As a,
1: as a person who really only DVRs <laughs> sports, it's so important, it's so important <laughs> to extend the end because like a football game will record for three hours and you invest three hours in watching it and there's two minutes left and it's the, everything's in doubt and oh yeah there you go.
0: <laughs> All gone. I like the world where he's watching the Sopranos finale DVR'd and it just cuts to blood.
1: Right. Oh, yeah. Cause, yeah. I probably would have been like, God damn it. Why didn't I? Oh, it's uh, they got me.
0: <laughs> uh, then they talk about Love It or List It, which is certainly a show I've seen plenty of times. Mm-hmm. And they nailed the awkward chemistry of these two feisty Canadians. Uh, and there is a knockoff version of Love It or List It. Uh, I think Luke said it was better. I would say it's actually even worse. Yeah um because the the two people are younger I, the first time I saw it, I thought they had let the interns take over for a show
1: <laughs> i 'm just amazed at all this i mean this this is something that i didn 't even know about i mean Phyllis uh has hosted something with the property brothers in in Seattle, and she described how crazy everyone was about it um but I had no idea until Bobby you showed me that thing uh about the thing in Waco. And the, I'm hearing this show, and I'm like, "This is the this is probably the biggest phenomenon that I've never really heard of."
0: It reminds me of uh, when a big Christian music festival will come to town, mm-hmm. and they'll do almost no marketing <laughs> for it's it, just and then crazy. you'll just, you'll hear on the news that it sold out instantly, and they're doing two shows at Darien right. Lake, just the amusement park near right. Buffalo, and you're just like, thousands of people come out of nowhere. Oh, and have been following this so closely that it just happens right. and and you just never even knew what the hell it was until there's a bunch of traffic on a day you weren't expecting and
1: one of the things that makes this thing so invisible to me I've never been interested in this stuff because I've never because as a as a young adult I was a criminal and then I was in prison and then I was paying back all the money I just figured I would never own a home so was never really much interested in this kind of stuff. I'm the only reason I own a home now is because of Emily. But uh, I, my skills are limited, so if I was watching this stuff, it would just be purely for entertainment. So I'm glad it exists, and I can see the allure. If you are a homeowner who's handy or whatever, but uh, I've never fit those categories.
3: you have never had doubt, that.
2: I would doubt that people who watch those shows um, do much actual. Yeah. Renovation or or make changes or buy things based on on the shows themselves. I I don't know. I think it's um I think it's like fantasy. Yeah, I guess so.
0: Yeah, there's something very aspirational about it. It's like me ordering pizza on a Friday night while Sam and I are watching Food Network. <laughs> right. Like, you <laughs> right. know.
1: Hey, good job. Good ah. job by that guy. Give me another slice of the pizza.
3: Then.
0: Uh speaking of the property brothers, uh there's a discussion of the third property <laughs> brother who's apparently a business partner, and I think it was an interesting uh comparison to call him the Cooper Manning property mm-hmm. brother.
1: Right. I I've seen the Property Brothers and I and I've seen the Mannings and I wanna cast the the older um property brother. I think he's gonna look just like Harry Connick Junior.
2: Yeah. That's I not a bad that. thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think I think I nailed the casting on that.
0: A uh, quick talk of a show called Yard Crashers. There's a few variants of this, Mike. There's a Yard Crashers and a Bath Crashers. The premise is that you're at Home Depot or whatever store sponsors their show, and uh, you're looking at fixtures or need something. And these guys show up and they say, oh, hey, we see you're buying a light for your We bathroom. see you're buying a lot of fly and-
1: strips and uh, insecticides. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can we come back and completely redesign your entire yard and and give you insane landscaping you're never going to maintain Uh and then leave yeah that's
1: going to overgrow and become a huge problem for you
0: yeah so that's a show and it's a terrible premise Mm -hmm. and then jen gives us a beautiful rant on tiny houses
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah she says that that uh people they they have all these hobbies and they have kids or whatever and then they want to move into a tiny house and well there's where's the playroom and Where's my workshop, right. or whatever? No, this is it right here. you c reach out both your arms. those are your walls, but
0: they're always um artsy hipstery people yeah. too, so, so she needs a studio to paint and he needs room for his blacksmithing <laughs>
1: right. He's a artisanal butcher, and there's really no room for any butchering in here.
0: There's no room to hang any cat.
1: But when I when I hear the the show title, is it called Tiny House Hunters? Uh huh. I, yes. I want to think that they've hidden some tiny houses, like a Easter egg hunt, <laughs> and it's the whole show is people trying to find the tiny houses.
0: See, if it was Tiny House Hunters, but it was on TLC, it would be that family of little people looking for a <laughs> right. <house>. right, right, right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they can't. No one's selling them a house because they're tiny.
0: Right, uh, and music for your weekend. Luke brings the Caroline Rose song "Yip Yip Yow," which he ripped from a an NPR tiny. A lot of concert. tiny
1: talk going on.
0: Yeah, um, Jen brought a song by Margot Price, and I just forgot to write down the name of the song. So called "Hurting on the Bottle." <laughs> I'm sorry, is that a country music song?
1: <laughs> Are they putting a hurting on the bottle, like drinking a, a lot, or they're hurting? So oh, anyway. It was pretty good. I liked
0: your song. Yeah, it was a good song. I just had missed the name of it. And sure enough, it was uh, country music song number three title. Uh, And uh, listener Levi brings Miniature Tigers, Nobody Else. Uh, I think a perfect choice to pick a vintage TBTL band to wrap a second episode with Jen for this Mm -hmm. week.
2: Yep. And see, this is the trick. If you want your music for your weekend song picked, you pick Miniature Tigers. (laughs) Luke cannot resist that shit.
0: With that uh, little bit of housekeeping, I have a note from Christy. Um, We're working on a project. Is it special? Maybe. Uh, Here's your prompt, Wagoneers. If you have questions about Mike Frizzell's life of crime or anything about the series of episodes from the radio days of TBTL where Mike Frizzell, who I hear was in prison uh, at one point, came on the show... (laughs) and talked all about his experiences on the lamb and robbing banks and time in prison. Um, please send us those questions, send them to little at gmail.com or reach out directly to Christy wise on Facebook or Twitter at kissy eyes, K I S S I E Y E S. Please get her your questions for Mike about his life in those years. Uh, uh, more to come on that, but let's start with the questions. Please bombard Christy with questions. She wants to hear from every last one. It's
1: a really, really awesome project that she's working on. We're all going to be working on it, but Christy is compiling these questions, and I will be answering them to the best of my ability. And I promise I won't lie, although I have embellished a lot of things in my head since those days. So I can't guarantee that everything's 100% factual at this point.
0: Yep, yeah, it's an AMA. Ask Mike mm-hmm. anything. Send your questions, littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. A couple of other plugs real quick. Our friends over at Earbuds and Earworms put out their latest episode. It's an election edition. The country is all right. Songs that make you feel good about America. No politics. Yeah, no politics. Just
1: I listened to it this morning, and if the election is getting you down, it's a nice little pick-me-up.
0: Uh, and while we're on plugs, uh, a new episode of Nerd Out Loud, a show some of you may remember, what? Uh, is apparently going to be dropping soon, and it features Jeremy and Jeremy uh, Holmes and Henson, formerly of the Eureka podcast. So, if you have not refreshed Nerd Out Loud in your pod feed in a long time, go make sure you do. See, so get it. Well I would love us.
1: to see them add a third Jeremy. <laughs>
0: What's Jeremy Piven doing? Not these days? much. Maybe they can get a Hollywood team.
1: dying of sushi, probably somewhere. <laughs> uh,
0: how you can get involved? Like I said, Little Red Bam Megan, uh is the place to be. LittleRedBamigan dot com to find us uh, to submit to be on the Friday shows. Uh, but most importantly, again, questions about Mike to. LittleRedBandwagon at gmail.com. On Facebook, Bandwagon show Twitter's LRB Podcast. Leave us a voicemail or shoot us a text at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And with that, Anne, would you please get us out of here? Until next time, this is
2: the next party.
1: Jen, I love you, and the world is bigger than five. Pay me.
0: Boy, it took a lot today, but we finally nailed it.
1: (laughs) It sure fucking did. Heroic (sighs)
2: effort.
3: Well, Seymour, you are an odd fellow, but I must say, you steam a good ham.